Today is Saturday. It's the 9th of February 2019. So today This is kind of the start of the second group joining for the Metta Meditation Retreat. And so, Sayada will give a talk. Last night, um, When opening this retreat, during the opening um, ceremony, Sayadaw was explaining the nature of metta, loving-kindness, and he also gave you some basic instructions for the metta practice. So today, Sayadaw will continue to give basic instructions and explanations in regard to the metta practice. Metta, what we call metta, is the wish for the welfare and happiness of all living beings, wishing them that in every regard of their life everything goes well. This is metta, loving-kindness. Saito repeats, again, metta, this is the wish that living beings be happy and well, that everything in their lives is complete. We must understand that love and metta are different. In worldly terms, sometimes people uh, use the word metta in regard to uh, love, worldly love. However, the nature of metta and worldly love is not the same. So metta, as Aido has said, this is the wish, the heartfelt wish for all beings to be happy and well, wishing them 
uh, it's a benevolent attitude towards all beings. But love, worldly love, this comes along with wanting, with craving, with lust or attachment. So metta and worldly love, they differ. Metta has, when there is metta, there is no attachment. So we can say it is detachment. Love comes along with attachment, with wanting, craving, or lust. The nature of metta is peaceful and cool. The nature of love is burning and hot um, as there is craving, attachment, and so on. Metta means uh, freedom. Love is uh, attachment, bondage. And when there is metta, there is also forgiveness. With love, uh, there is no forgiveness. So with metta, there is uh, freedom, love, that's bondage or imprisonment. In the Metta Sutta, the discourse on loving kindness, uh, it is said that Metta is like the love of a mother for her child. A mother wishes for her sons and daughters, for her children, that they be happy, that everything in their lives uh, goes well. And likewise, Metta wishes that living beings be happy and that everything in their lives goes well. A mother wishes for her sons and daughters that they have enough food, that everything is complete in regard to food. And likewise, 
with metta, one wishes that every living being has uh, enough uh, appropriate food. A mother wishes for her sons and daughters that they have appropriate clothes uh, to wear, suitable clothes, and likewise, Metta wishes that all living beings have suitable clothes to wear. A mother wishes for her daughters and sons that they have a good and suitable place to live and that they can live happily. Likewise, Metta wishes that all living beings have a suitable place to live and that they can live happily. The mother wishes for her daughters and son, sons that they be healthy, happy and well, that they be free from any dangers and harm. And likewise, Metta wishes that all beings be healthy, happy and well, that they are free from danger and harm. A mother wishes for her daughters and sons that they can have a good education and that they are doing well at their work, with their business. And likewise, Metta wishes that living beings uh, can have a good education, higher education, and that they are doing well in their work or in their business. A mother wishes for her children that they can live happily and that everything in their lives goes smoothly. Likewise, Metta wishes that living beings can live happily and that everything in their lives goes well. Metta makes the heart uh, peaceful and cool. So metta makes both the body and mind cool 
and peaceful. So that uh, metta meditators understand well the nature of metta, Sayadaw uses the, the illustration of an aircon. So an aircon is able to produce coolness, cold. Likewise, metta um, produces uh, coolness, peacefulness. So, um, out in the world, when when it is hot and when our body uh, is getting hot, when the room is getting hot, then. Uh, we turn on the aircon. So when the aircon is turned on, then the heat that is experienced uh, in the body but also the heat in the room or the heat in the house, then with the aircon on, gradually the heat will uh, be, be reduced and one will feel the coolness, the coolness in one's body or in the room or in the house. So that's why when we feel hot in the body, when the room is hot, then we turn on the aircon. If one doesn't turn on the aircon, and if it is really hot, then um, that can lead to feeling not well or one can get sick uh, from the heat. It can even lead to death. The aircon is able to produce coolness. However, as soon as the aircon is turned on, one cannot really feel yet the coolness. Only after some time, after turning on the aircon, only then will one be able to feel the coolness. And 
And so then, when one can experience the coolness, also the heat at the heat in the body will be reduced, and gradually, one will feel uh, the coolness in one's body. And then, when one feels the coolness in the body, then also one feels the coolness, or the in the mind, one feels happy and peaceful. Let's say when the aircon has been turned on for two hours, three hours, or four hours, then all the heat is gone, and so the heat in the body, one does no longer experience the heat in the body, but the body um, feels cool and refreshed, and as a result, one feels also peaceful and happy in the mind, and likewise, the heat in the room or in the house has gone, and so the room and the house feel cool and fresh. So, People, living beings, when they are overcome by the defilements, <clears throat> such as loba, wanting greed, dosa, aversion, or worries in the mind, these defilements uh, are compared to a fire burning in the heart, in the mind. So at such a time, uh, one should turn on the aircon, the meta-aircon. So, please remember that when your body and mind is burning with the fire of the defilements, when it is overcome with worries or um, negative thoughts, then uh, you should cultivate loving-kindness, metta. It's like turning on the metta aircon. So if at such a time when the mind is overcome with the burning fires of, defi of the defilements, like um, worries uh, or depression, dejection, so that um, makes one feel uncomfortable, it's unpleasant, one suffers on account of these defilements, it also can lead to 
physical um, unpleasant experiences, one can get sick uh, on account of that, or at the worst, one, when one is caught in such negative thoughts or depression, it can also lead uh, to suicide. That's why at such, in such moments one should turn on the meta-aircon. So then, when the meta-aircon is turned on, then the burning fires of the defilements, the kilesas, uh, the burning fires of the worries or the mental stress will uh, disappear. And so when they have disappeared, both body and mind calm down, feel cool, peaceful and happy. Um, at the beginning of one's metta meditation practice, the cool, refreshing and peaceful nature of metta is not immediately obvious or apparent. But uh, after some time of practicing metta, of cultivating loving-kindness, then gradually one can experience that the body and mind become calm, cool and peaceful. So the longer one cultivates metta, the more this cool, peaceful and uh, happy nature of metta will become apparent. Some meditators in their interviews, they report to Sayadaw that uh, after one or two days of cultivating metta, they feel that they just are reciting the metta phrases. They say that they do not really experience uh, the nature of metta as cool, refreshing or peaceful. So then Sayadaw tells these meditators that at the beginning this can be like this, that their concentration, samadhi based on the metta practice, is not yet established, not yet deep. So he encourages the meditators to continue 
with the metta practice and as the practice deepens then the metta samadhi concentration based on the metta practice will deepen and with that the meditators then will be able to experience the coolness or the peacefulness of metta and then when these meditators continue their practice in this way then later on in their interviews they report to Sayadaw that yes by then um, they were they are able to experience the cool and peaceful nature of metta Last year, in November, Sayadaw was teaching a metta retreat in the Blue Mountains in Australia. It was a seven-day metta retreat. And in this retreat, he also um, talked or used this example of the air conditioning. And on the sixth day of that meta retreat, one meditator reported to Sayadaw in the interview that he could experience the coolness of metta, um, you know, saying that it was really like, an, like turning on the aircon. And the meditator continued to say that an aircon can make the body feel cool and refreshed, but he said that the metta does not only make the body feel cool and refreshed, but that the metta also um, makes the mind, the heart, feel cool, fresh and peaceful. And the meditator continued to say that uh, an aircon is able to produce coolness in a limited range, just around where the air conditioning uh, is, but that metta uh, is able <coughs> to, um, that, that uh, the nature of metta that the coolness, the peacefulness 
of meta has no limits. It spreads uh, everywhere. It's um, boundless. And this meditator said that um, the, um, the experience of metta, uh, first of all, he felt the coolness, the freshness in his body, in his mind, but then from there it was like spreading out, radiating, and to him it felt as the metta was enveloping the whole world. So then Sayadaw uh, told the meditator that uh, the metta aparimana um, has this quality of having no limits, that it is boundless. So among the meditators of that uh, retreat, he, his metta meditation was the best or um, the deepest, the most profound. So in this way, um, we can understand that metta, loving-kindness, is able to make one really peaceful, calm. So, uh, depending on our, on the, on the strength and power of our metta, then living beings in, in, in the surroundings will uh, benefit from our metta. So the first step is that metta, when we cultivate metta, first of all, it um, makes us feel uh, peaceful and hap- uh, happy. And then, um, when our metta is strong, then it it will also affect uh, people people living near us, like uh, our family members or teachers, uh, students. They will experience the peacefulness and coolness of our metta.
With more practice, and when our metta becomes even stronger and more powerful, then um, other being, other people, other beings will benefit from it, like uh, neighbors uh, or uh, all the people, all the beings living in the town where we live. So, on account of our metta they will experience um, peacefulness, coolness in both body and mind. So, this is the nature of metta. When our metta is really strong and powerful, then um, it makes other beings um, in our in the environment, environment where we are. It makes other beings also uh, feel peaceful and cool in both body and mind. Now Sayedo will relate an example, a story that illustrates how the power of a person's metta um, has far-reaching effects, how other beings um, benefit from that. So it's the story of the king Vesantara. So the Buddha to be, the Bodhisattva, in one of the previous existences of the Buddha, he was the king Vesantara. So this king had a very good heart and he practiced a lot of generosity. So he was offering things, he was supporting uh, people and living beings. So he was the king of Chesotra country in the media division. And uh, the king, he possessed a white elephant. And the 
So, possessing an, a white elephant was uh, something very auspicious. So, uh, possessing this white elephant, it meant that the, the seasons um, or that the climate was regular, that, um, that there was enough rain, enough sunshine, etc. And the power of this white elephant um, made sure that the farm that the farmers um, had no problems with their work. And also for the um, business people, owners of shops, people selling things, um, they always uh, had good business. And on account of the white elephant's power, the Chetutra country was free from danger. And on account of the power of the white elephant, the people living in the country, they always had enough food, enough um, clothes, and a place to live. So, next to the Videha uh, district, there was the district of Kalinga, and in Kalinga, uh, they experienced a drought. So, because of the drought, um, they could not uh, plant anything. And that's why uh, food uh, was getting scarce. And because they did not have enough food, people got sick. Um, they experienced a lot of suffering. And so people uh, started to, uh, to, to plunder things. Um, uh, theft was happening. And a minister of Kalinga, um, who was not a virtuous man, so he was talking badly about King, the King Vesantara. Oh. 
Sorry, I was mistaken. So that minister was talking badly about the king and the king's family, uh, accusing the king and his family that they were not virtuous people, that they were not keeping the precepts. So, um, saying that the king was not keeping his precepts, that he was not keeping the Uposata precepts on Uposata days. And so accusing uh, the king because he was not keeping the precepts, uh, that this was the cause for the drought. So then the king called his ministers and they had a meeting. Sorry, it was a meeting of the minister of the Kalinga country. So at that meeting they said, what can we do that we will get rain? And then uh, somebody said, King Vesantara, he has a white elephant and if we, we would be in possession of this white elephant, then there surely would be rain. So we should go and ask the king Vesantara for his white elephant. Saying that if we could get this white elephant, if the white elephant would come to the Kalinga country district, then we would get rainfall, then the farmers could plant rice, then they could harvest rice, then people would get enough food and people could live happily again. So they thought that this was a good idea and so they appointed a minister to go to King Vesantara and ask for the white elephant. So with that, one minister of the Kalinga country went to King Vesantara and asked for the white elephant. 
So the minister told King Vesantara that they are that they were experiencing a drought and that's why they asked for the white elephant. If they had the white elephant then uh, it would rain again, then uh, everything would be fine for the people there. So then they would be relieved from their suffering. And um, so the minister said, please uh, have compassion with us. Give us, please give us the white elephant. And King Vesantara had compassion with the minister and the people of Kalinga. And so he freely offered them the white elephant. So then, with that offering, um, they had rain in the Kalinga country, and with that, everything um, went, everything was okay. People um, became happy. However, the people in the Chaitutara country, Vesantara's country, they were not happy that the king decided by himself to give away the white elephant. They were not happy that he didn't ask the people. So then the people went to the streets, demonstrated, and they asked that King Vesantara leave the country. And King Vesantara um, listened to the requests of the people and he left the country. So then uh, he left the country, went into the forest, taking along his wife, Madi, and his two children. So they went into a remote area at the bound, at the outskirts of the district of the country um, to a forest called Vingapa. So settling there in that forest, Vingapa, King Vesantara, the Bodhisattva, the Buddha-to-be, 
um, just practiced metta meditation. So cultivating loving kindness, then first of all he experienced the coolness, the peacefulness in his own body and mind. And then as a second step, it was his wife and his children who experienced um, peacefulness and coolness in their body and mind. And King Visantra continued to cultivate loving kindness, and as his metta was getting stronger, so then all the beings living in that forest, in that uh, on that hill, all the beings experienced the coolness and peacefulness in their body and mind on account of King Vesantara's strong metta. So, um, this illustrates that on account of one person's metta, of our metta, uh, other beings can experience also a peacefulness, coolness in both body and mind. So cultivating metta, developing loving kindness, um, means that we cultivate um, loving kindness, a benevolent attitude in our heart and mind. It's uh, the repeated cultivation of uh, metta in ourselves. This is what we call metta meditation or metta bhavana. When we cultivate metta, develop loving kindness, there are two ways of practicing it. The first way, the first method, is to cultivate metta just for the sake of cultivating the loving kindness. Then the second way or the second method is to cultivate metta to develop loving kindness in order to attain the jhanas, the absorptions. So the first way, the first method, which is just cultivating loving kindness for the sake of cultivating this quality. So this can be done, for example, with metta chanting. Metta 
So when we cultivate metta in this way, this first method of simply cultivating uh, loving-kindness, benevolence, so then, like with metta chanting, so practicing this method in this way, there are no uh, specific points that we need to follow or there is nothing that we need to refrain from. We just um, can cultivate in any way. However, when we cultivate, cultivate metta in order to attain the jhana, the absorptions, then there are uh, different points that we need to be aware of things that we should follow and things that we should refrain from. So, uh, cultivating metta in order to attain the jhana, then a meditator should take a bath, take a shower, and then put on clean, not smelly clothes. And then one should cut all attachments or one could cut all, every kind of bondage as much as possible. Then one should take up the precepts, either the five precepts, eight precepts or the nine precepts. And after that, one should go to a, uh, a quiet, calm place. And then one can start cultivating metta. When cultivating metta, one should use uh, one should um, res- uh, for the metaphrases one should use uh, a language that one understands well one's mother language why? so in this way the metta samadhi concentration based on the metta practice will develop quickly Um, when one uses a language one does not understand or with which one is not familiar, yes, then um, it's very difficult to connect to that uh, meta feeling. However, when one uses a language one understands well, 
when one really knows the meaning of these words, then metta uh, will arise quickly. One will quickly connect to this quality of loving kindness. When repeating the metta wishes, one should not choose a long sentence or not one with many words, but the metta wish, the phrase, should be rather uh, short, with few words. When one uses long sentences or uh, a sentence with many words, then it will take a rather long time for uh, metta to, to come in contact with that quality of metta. However, with a short uh, wish uh, consisting of few words in this way, uh, to connect with the quality of metta is much faster. So that's why if you want to deepen your metta samadhi, concentration based on metta, and if you uh, want to really connect to the quality of metta, then use a short sentence a metaphrase consisting of a few words. When you cultivate metta, do not do it superficially and lightly, but do it carefully and attentively. If you uh, cultivate metta in a superficial way, then it takes a long time to establish the metta samadhi and to connect to the metta feeling. However, when your metta wish is short, then um, it will not take much time to establish the metta samadhi and to connect to the uh, quality of metta. Another point to be careful of is when you cultivate metta for a specific person, you really should wish this person to be healthy, happy, and peaceful. So you should really mean it, connecting to the meaning of the words. Uh, 
So uh, cultivating meta for a specific person in this way, then it may happen that the mental image of this person appears in your mind. It may happen that no mental image appears in your mind. It, that's not the main point. So if there is no mental image of this person in the mind, there is no need to force yourself to create a mental image of the person. Um, so whether there is a mental image or not, just leave that as it is, but make sure that you continuously cultivate this metta-wish for the other person. So in the scriptures, it is explained that when cultivating metta for another person, one should simply direct one's heart, one's mind towards that person and wish this person to be well, happy and peaceful. It doesn't say in the scriptures that one needs to create a mental image of the person. So that's why in, with the cultivation of metta, it's not uh, the main point to have a mental image of this person or to create a mental image of this person, but the main point is to repeatedly cultivate this benevolent wish for the other person, to wish him or her to really be uh, happy and well. And now Sayadaw will explain um, how to systematically uh, proceed with the meta practice. First of all, we should cultivate metta, loving kindness, for ourselves. Then the second category is cultivating metta for a respected person, a person we respect or admire or a benefactor. The third category is a person uh, we feel very close to or a good friend. The fourth category is a neutral person, a person we neither love nor hate. And then the fifth category are persons we hate. And then the sixth category is cultivating metta for all living beings. So in this way, there are six categories of people for uh, whom we can cultivate metta. 
However, now, um, in the first few days, uh, we will cultivate metta for ourselves and also for a respected person. So let's say if you sit for one hour, then for the first 30 minutes, cultivate metta for yourself. So cultivating metta for yourself, uh, wish yourself, may I be well, happy, and peaceful, may I be well, happy, and peaceful, may I be well, happy, and peaceful. So in this way, uh, uninterruptedly cultivating loving-kindness for yourself without a break, without stopping. And then in the second 30 minutes of your sit, cultivate loving kindness for the respected person, for your benefactor, wishing <clears throat> may my benefactor be well, happy and peaceful. May my benefactor be well, happy and peaceful. And also here, trying to uh, cultivate it continuously without the break, without stopping. <coughs> and then cultivating metta in your heart and mind during the walking meditation again if you do one hour walking meditation for the first 30 minutes cultivate metta for yourself and the second 30 minutes cultivate metta for the respected person or the benefactor and then um, throughout the day in all the different general activities uh, cultivate metta for all living beings so <clears throat> for the uh, yogis who have just started this retreat, the metta practice. So this is enough information, enough instructions. In the days to come, Sayadaw, we will give more instructions 
and more explanations. So may all of you, by continuing your metta practice, be able to uh, cultivate loving-kindness and become full or complete with the quality of metta, with loving-kindness. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.